When I'm asked my favorite design style, I usually answer something like this. Hmm. Well, it's maybe... It depends on the day. It depends on my mood. I'm enamored by all styles. When I see a beautiful mid-century dining chair made with curved walnut wood, I want to sit in it. And when I come across an antique sideboard perfect for a farmhouse dining room, I just want to snatch it up and hold on to it until I have a farmhouse. Oh, and if there's a sale on a four-poster iron canopy bed, I will fantasize about the house that I want to put it in. You're listening to Under My Roof. I'm Christina Rice, your host. I'm a real estate agent. I'm creative to my core. And home is my therapy. I'll guide you through this fun and creative podcast where together we'll decorate our homes one corner at a time. We'll get organized and tackle simple but chic DIY projects. We'll encourage each other to explore doing more of what we love and work on improving ourselves in little ways that make big impact on our daily lives. We'll chat with experts and have some real conversations about building an intentional life in this busy world. You're listening to Under My Roof, Episode 3. Today, I'll be discussing some of the different design styles to help you define your style. I'll walk through some of my Pinterest boards with examples of the different styles, and then you'll go off and build your own style board. And of course, I have some dirty laundry under my roof. Why, oh why does it keep piling up? Style can be a lot of things. It can be casual, sophisticated. It can be formal, playful, dramatic. But no matter what, it should be unique. The most interesting rooms are filled with unique, personal touches. Anyone can copy a room's design from a gorgeous magazine spread, Pinterest board, or Instagram post. And hey, that's a legitimate way to start. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, and that's true even for design. So go for it. I just encourage you to put your own twist on it. Before you start decorating, it's helpful to know your design style if you're hoping for a cohesive look throughout your house. If you're one of the lucky ones whose home has a distinct architectural style already, then that's a good place to start. For instance, those who have a Spanish home, a craftsman, a mid-century modern, a farmhouse, that architecture gives you a jumping-off point. Now, do you have to go all in on that style? Of course not. And thank goodness, decorating trends are far more eclectic today than ever before, and I know I'm really grateful for that. It's my opinion to have some key pieces that are true to the architectural style of your home. It really grounds it, but it's nice to infuse it with some other styles too. Some furniture is just pretty neutral anyway, and then it can blend with just about anything. So then you can add in those special pieces that you love. Maybe you have an antique that was passed down from a family member, or it's something that you picked up during your travels. It really means a lot to you. If you love it, find a place for it, and it can work. 
Sometimes I think it's challenging, though, having to live with that one piece that you're not in love with, but you're just stuck with it until you find the one to replace it. The waiting is hard, but when you find it, it is so worth it. But the bottom line here is it's your home and you should do whatever makes you happy. All right. So before I dive into some of the different styles, just let me elaborate a little bit. Each of us, after this episode, will be going to define our own style and building our own Pinterest board. So what if you already know your style? Well, fabulous. Tell me more. Really, what style is it? Um, I do think that building your board will be easy peasy then. You already know what you like. So I bet some money that you're going to make some really fun and creative choices. All right. So what if your home is already decorated? Well then, now you're just showing off. I mean, stop it, really. But do share. (laughs) I want to see it. Show me your favorite room, your favorite moment. I love it and good for you. Even so, I think there is still plenty to enjoy and to learn during this episode. Plus, if you're like me, you're never done decorating. It's always evolving and changing. So use this exercise for sprucing up an area that may be feeling a little tired. Or maybe you have a second home. All right, again, you need to stop showing off with your second home. Already decorated the first home, you're on to your second. Just stop, all right? Or maybe you have a family member's home to design. Um, Your future home, your dream home. I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be doing my dream home, my current home and my dream home. And besides, who doesn't like looking at picture after picture of really well-decorated homes? I mean, come on. All right, let's begin. If you have the ability to go onto Pinterest right now while you're listening, I do think you could have a slightly better experience. I will be referencing specific photos, but I do describe the decor and its characteristics. So if you can't look at the images right now while listening, you will certainly get the information. And besides, you can go back and browse the boards later, or you can always listen again. Okay, so go log in, go to my profile, it's the Pocket RE, if you haven't been there before, and then go click on my boards. I know most of you already know this, but I do have boards that are titled Under My Roof that correspond with this podcast. And for this very episode, I have outlined the different styles. They each have their own board. So it's Under My Roof and then the style. I tried to pin images of things that made my heart stop. From everything from architecture to furniture to accessories and sometimes even clothing. So right now I'm going to be visiting a few pins from each of the different styles. And then when we're all done, you'll go off to build your board and live happily ever after. I'll start with a board called Under My Roof, Mid-Century Amazing. I find mid-century modern design and decor to be the most artistic. It can be serious and dramatic, but I'm really drawn to its playful side. And I dream of remodeling a mid-century and decorating it someday. In fact, last year I did put an offer in on one. I really wanted it. You know, sometimes homes just speak to me, and this one definitely did. When walking through for the first time, I literally saw the remodel popping out before my eyes. The sellers were holding out for a higher offer. And yep, they ended up selling it to someone else for what I initially offered them. So apparently it just wasn't meant to be. 
But if anybody wants to buy a mid-century, please call me. I can live vicariously through you, and then we can decorate it together. I'll bring the wine. All right, so I'm going to start with a credenza because it's such a symbolic piece for this period. Along the top row of my board, you'll find credenzas. It's a credenza extravaganza. And you'll see some that are antiques and some that are new creations, but all are beautiful. I love the clean lines. It's just that rectangular box that seems to float. Um, they have the thin, most of the time it's a slanted leg. And gosh, you know, some open up with sliders, other have a drawer and slider combo. But these wood pieces are beautiful and they add such warmth to the room. And the storage in these babies, it's just so helpful in keeping your space clutter-free. And the height of the credenza is just generally perfect. I believe a credenza can go in almost any home of any style, and you can pretty much use it in any room. So you can play up the mid-century look by pairing it with other pieces from the time period, or you can really play it down by mingling it with some other styles of furniture. I am always thrilled to see a credenza being used in the bathroom. So right in the middle in that top row, you'll see a picture. They did a really nice job there. I have been wanting to do a project like this for years, and for a while, I really thought I was the only person on the planet who had this idea. So, ha, clearly, not true. But really, you just don't see this enough. I want to see this in every mid-century home. <laughs> mid-century design does use a lot of those clean, straight lines that you see in the credenza. Uh, but to balance that out, you'll find these lovely round and oval pieces. So in the second row, you'll see a round uh, dining table on this pedestal base. And look at that beautifully curved chair right there underneath the bathroom credenza. I'm really drawn to these curvy wood pieces. You'll even notice this curvy shape a lot of times in the lamps and, of course, in the pots and light fixtures. I love some of the, the round pieces that you can put into the room to create interest. Okay, so popping down to the third row, you'll see mid-century architecture includes a lot of big windows, full walls of windows, or even just the uppers near the ceilings. Bringing in nature and that natural light is a key element of the style. If you don't have the luxury of floor-to-ceiling windows, you can still bring the outdoors in by introducing some plants in your interior. And on that note, is anyone interested in making one of these planters as a DIY project? See that second picture in from the left there? I've been thinking about it for a while. These planters are usually way overpriced in the stores. So I'm thinking we can get that same great look at a fraction of the price with just a little bit of work. All right, so one last thing before we move on to a different style. Right smack dab in the middle of the page, underneath that gorgy, gorgy, a gorgeous curvy wood chair that I love so much, there's an image of a cream exterior of the home and its front door. Okay, so now click on this, make it big. Um, I bring this up because this is a pretty typical mid-century style home. It's square and fairly nondescript. I come across this style of architecture all over Los Angeles and Ventura County. 
If you have a home like this that you feel it's lacking in style, it really doesn't take a lot of work to really get this mid-century modern vibe on your exterior. So you select a fun color for the door, teal, yellow, orange, lime, whatever your favorite color is, just go for it and dress up that porch with some really cute planters, maybe the DIY planter we just talked about, and then add some mid-century hardware. There's some great mid-century hardware. In fact, I have to add that to that this board. I have it in another board. I will do that. I will add it so you can see, you know, door handles, door knockers, even some more modern house numbers. If you can put a little more work into it, you can even install some detail like this wood screen that they have here in the picture or some kind of wood wall or fence feature. All right, so what do you think of mid-century? If you're into it, continue to explore my images or let Pinterest give you similar ideas or just go search on your own, of course. Perhaps you'll add some mid-century inspiration when you're building out your board and defining your style. All right, so next, open up Under My Roof Scandinavian. This is a simple transition from mid-century design because a lot of the Scandinavian design was coming alive during the same time period. You'll see Scandinavian furniture pieces in the mid-century design, and authentic pieces are beautifully made and can be quite expensive. The Scandinavian design aesthetic that you see today is predominantly white interiors, which is beautiful. I dream of white, but with two boys, I hesitate. Let me tell you, I use the Mr. Clean eraser sponge to scrub what I swear to be boogers off my white walls way too often. And mud and sand, a lot of sand comes in. And knees are particularly dirty on my little one. So much so that I think the dirt is just permanently ground in his knees and really staining his knees. It's either dirt or bruised all the time. I, I don't know which one. So back to the design. All white, sans dirt with light wood tones bringing in the natural elements like plants and cozy textures from different textiles. Baskets and blankets define a Scandinavian interior. The furniture style is simplistic and modern and the rooms are really clutter-free. So if you haven't clicked on the Scandinavian board yet, go ahead and do so now. If you look at the board as a whole, it's very cohesive in its white and very muted interiors. It's soft, comfortable, simple, and stylish. It looks a lot like the Instagram feeds over the last few years, and maybe that's part of its recent popularity. It's visually easy on the eyes. So let's dive in a little. Of course, I'm drawn to the wood. <laughs> it's light, it's raw, and it's in simple forms. Nothing is ornate here, and you won't see any legs that are turned or any detail. So as you can see in the top row of my board here, the wood bench is very simple construction. And that little dining chair in the middle there is stunning. It almost looks like branches, or it reminds me of branches. All of these beautiful woods just pop off their white backgrounds. This natural wood is just meant to be showcased in a Scandinavian interior. Plants are also very prominent. Actually, in most interiors these days, thank goodness plants made a comeback. I don't ever want to see plants go away. The natural green leaves bring nature indoors to be appreciated for all seasons. It seems that any time a type of plant goes as well, which is great because you can get your local varieties or different types that do well with the light exposure and temperature of your rooms. Fiddle figs, palms, olive trees, even the tall cut branches in vases and ferns, they're all great. 
You'll notice not a lot of color is used in this style unless it's muted. This look would be really tough for me because I'm naturally drawn to color. But one of my favorite pins is at the bottom of the board. It's the kids' room. Those simple Scandinavian shelves with a little hint of wood on the bracket is so beautiful. The color of the toys, the books, and the pencils in the trucks, they just pop. These toys look so good. And honestly, don't tell my boys, I hate toys. <laughs> I'm a bad mom. But I love the natural fibers in these spaces that add rich texture. My favorite example of this is the third pin from the left in the bottom row. Initially, I was drawn to the picture for the windows, but then I noticed that braided ottoman. Isn't that chunky little thing wonderful? I love little features like this that stand out. I really want one of those. I'm thinking that if you know how to knit, this could be a DIY project for you. Cover some round little poof or a cheapy ottoman and have a really chunky kind of braided knit to make it a showpiece. I wish I knew how to knit. All right, moving on. I'm going to quickly cover bohemian style, usually shortened to boho. And this will be quicker because boho style, it's usually all in the textiles, accessories and art. So find the boho board and open it up. And when I think of bohemian style, I immediately envision rugs. Rugs with bright colorful patterns and a lot of them uh, sort of mixed and matched. So on the top row of my board, you'll see different patterns being used together. Patterns in rugs, on pillows, different colors and patterns on those adorable little bowls. On walls and in blankets, you'll see a lot of layering, tassels, and fringe. So you may notice that there really isn't a specific style of furniture in itself that's considered boho. This style really prides itself on using found pieces, thrift store treasures, or pieces that are picked up from travels. You'll see a lot of mixed and matched items, and that's intentional. I like this idea since I'm a fixer-upper at heart. I love the idea of finding used pieces and repurposing them. You can be very creative and experimental, and it can work on any budget. You can use furniture pieces that you already have and really style it with rugs, a lot of plants, and baskets. So now go to the second row, right next to that cute girl in the hat. I love that hat. I want that hat. Look at the furniture. That's a camper, by the way, and it probably belongs to the girl in the hat. I mean, it's her weekender, and it's just as stylish as she is. Look at the old trunk and the suitcase. It looks great, and it's much-needed storage for that camper, if I might add. She could have just set her suitcase down, and look, it matches. Nothing is conventional here. The white rattan chair was probably spray-painted, and it could double as an outdoor chair once the camper stops to enjoy the vista. And, you know, there's extra floor seating with those patterned pillows. The daybed, it's just covered. Covered with a lot of pillows and fur, so who cares what it really looks like underneath, right? This design is smart and chic. Now, if you like this style but can't commit to it fully, you can use some of the boho flair, the color and the pattern, in a more restrained manner. Scroll down to the bottom of the board and look for the image with the credenza. Ah, there's the credenza again. I told you you can use it in any interior. Now you can see that bohemian inspired rug, some hanging plants, and if you look closely, there's even pattern on the tree's pot and the little planter on the stool. This is an otherwise neat and clean interior with bohemian styling. It's really attractive. 
Oh, and look at that cute little kitchen over there to the right. It's right next to the Dreamcatcher. That backsplash looks like a rug. It's muted and really cheery and adorable. So are you a fan of this? It's a creative and fun, free-spirited style. Let me shift to Farmhouse. Click on the board called Farmhouse Fabulous. Now I'm pretty smitten with the farmhouse style. I love old farmhouses, especially European ones that include wood and stone exteriors. But I must say the modern farmhouses that I've seen are pretty amazing as well. I love the steel windows and the door kits that are being used along with the tin roofs. Overall, this style is relaxed and comfortable. And another aspect that I love about the farmhouse style is that it can lean to the rustic side or on the more traditional side depending on your taste and it all seems to work. So if you haven't opened up Farmhouse Fabulous yet, find it and open it. I'll start with the top row here. I just love that stone barn right there that's been converted into a home. Isn't it dreamy? I just had to get that off my chest first. Okay, so first row, you'll see the signature farmhouse exteriors adorned with white paint using either clapboard siding, which is the typical siding with horizontal boards, or the board and batten where the boards run vertically, butted up to one another with that thin strip to seal up the gap. That was used for barn construction for years, so of course it's going to be used in farmhouse construction. Other giveaways of a farmhouse style are the big porches, a lot of windows, and you know, the modern farmhouses are incorporating those black steel window and door kits like this one here in the second row. Ah, aren't those spectacular? In my dream home, I do long for a door like that, right off my kitchen, along with a whole wall of windows above the countertops. I just want the outdoors basically in the kitchen, cooking alongside with me. Speaking of kitchens, you'll see three examples of kitchens here in the second row, right smack dab in the middle and to the right. There is that nice farm table being used as an island with a nice green gray kind of muted color on the lower cabinets which is really nice to see a little bit of color not necessarily all white I do love a white kitchen though I have to admit but I love the open shelving that's the thick really chunky wood that's just a really cute example um, this next one right next to it the French provincial farmhouse picture whatever that piece is that antique piece that they picked up to hang on the wall it has those lanterns that is amazing I love those kind of unique features. That's a one of a kind. You're not going to see another farmhouse kitchen with that piece in it. They probably picked it up at an antique store. Then moving over one to the right, you can see a really good example of farmhouse meets traditional because this is a much more traditional kitchen. You can see the stovetop. See where that little uh, pot filler is? That is a pretty traditional looking flue there, but they really bring it down to earth with a lot of the wood. You can see some shiplap being used and even the rustic wood on the ceiling can kind of tie in a farmhouse and traditional and it works. It's a little staged. It looks like it's set up for Christmas in this picture. I'd really like to see this kitchen kind of in the raw, but I do think it's a great example of how you can push the boundaries a little bit with farmhouse to the traditional side. 
Moving down a row, you'll notice that little boy eating breakfast at that what looks like a very modern table and a very modern light fixture. You'll see that there are some Windsor chairs there. I have some Windsor chairs in another picture below. That is just classic for use in a farmhouse, but you can really use that style with a little modern flair, a little traditional flair, go full farmhouse. It's just wonderful how all these uh, different elements can co-mingle. Um, I'd love to talk about that light fixture, two over from the little boy eating breakfast in that all-white room. It's just that very angular fixture with the three lights illuminated there. I just love that thing. I could see that actually with real candles in it lit in like the late 1800s or early 1900s or something. It's just stunning. Let's see, moving on down there. Oh, there's Joanna. Hi, Joanna, queen of farmhouse. Gotta love her. Um, I love her rugs. So I pulled this in and just to give her props. I mean, she's amazing. Going down to that staircase. That is just beautiful. Again, nice clean white paint and the wood just pops. I just love to feature wood apparently in any interior. I mean, it doesn't matter. Wood is wonderful. <laughs> but the classic colors, black, white, and wood. I'm calling wood a color here. Overall, oh, I, I forgot to mention the barn. Heck, I got to go back to the barn. What farmhouse doesn't have a barn? I mean, come on. Um, I want a barn. Xander wants a barn. We want a barn. Actually, Xander wants a barn so he can do karate on the bottom level and have an upper level with a pool table. So it's the man barn. For modern prairie, when we build it, um, I think I kind of am leaning towards a farmhouse style. Now, don't hold me to this. I believe that I would lean a little toward the modern, more contemporary style instead of rustic. Although I do want really kind of rustic, raw wood, big plank floors that look like they popped out of the late 1800s or something. It just fits our lifestyle. We are casual, comfortable people. We want you to come in. We want dogs running through. We dream of chickens and a cow and maybe a horse and orchard of citrus trees and avocado and olives. We talk about raspberry bushes. So we have some plans in this family and you heard about the man barn that Xander wants for the boys and their activities. Farmhouse seems to fit our lifestyle, this lifestyle that we're looking to to create. So who knows, this might change. As I mentioned before, I do have floor plans that I'm playing around with, but I haven't really defined my exterior style. I do have ideas, of course, but who knows. But I am excited to build a board for the apartment as well as Modern Prairie. My goodness, who knew? I get to talking about Modern Prairie and I go on and on and on. <laughs> Let's move on. This will be our last board. It is traditional. So go ahead and open up Under My Roof Traditional. Along that first row, you're going to see some of the key details in a traditional interior jump out at you. Uh, let's look at that staircase right on the left. It is beautiful and winding up. You see that it just kind of curves. That curvy wood, it's delicate, it's dainty. Um, the chandelier is very formal as well as the window and all of the moldings. That screams traditional and formal. Then the staircase next to it, you can see on the walls going up there is that partitioned out molding creating panels. I love that. That is beautiful work. So you can see the 
extra details that go into traditional interiors right away in those staircases. Let's jump over to that china cabinet right in the middle. This must be off of somebody's kitchen, perhaps in somebody's dining room. You'll see the symmetry right away. Cabinet for, for the plates to be on display on either side. There's molding and detail going on. Everything is balanced and symmetrical. Lots of drawer pulls. The drawer pulls look like jewelry. It's really beautiful and symmetrical, very, very formal. Let's jump one over to the kitchen. You'll notice the coffered ceilings there. That's definitely a sign of a more traditional formal interior as well. Let's go down to the second row. It kind of gets a little bit less formal. Uh, let me talk about that chair. Second in from the left, that uh, Louis XVI chair. Somebody had a great idea to reupholster that with some worn leather. I love it. It's a very traditional chair, but they're putting their own spin on it by adding this, you know, a little more uh, rustic and worn out leather. It's gorgeous. So you can take, you know, liberties and do these kind of fun things. I love it. The room right next to it on the left, not as traditional, not as formal at all. It looks a little beachy, in fact, with the striped rug and the white slipcover chairs there. Those chairs seem to have a more you know, traditional shape to them. This room, I don't know if I'd classify as traditional, but I wanted to show you here that you can, you can put your own spin on it, make this room a little more relaxed with some traditional elements. Um, I really just love that coffee table too, that circular rattan. It's so unexpected and beautiful, not formal in any way, but you know, that entry table is a little on the formal side as well as the chairs, like I mentioned. Um, let me jump over to, ooh, that, uh, table on the far right, that beautiful wood table you'd probably see in an entryway or off of a, a dining room, a transition from one room to the other with that beautiful circle in the wood. Gosh, you know, just the attention to detail, the more curves, like I said before, the more ornate, you know, the more traditional it is. So let's slide down to the bottom. You know, that image of the front door really jumps out at me. There is symmetry smack dab in your face with the topiaries on either side, the boxwood hedge on either side. It's a very formal entry. You know, English gardens are very, very formal. And this house in itself, very formal. I mean, look at the molding and the columns, my goodness. But again, you can play it down. For example, the bed, three over from the right in the last row, is a traditional bed. I mean, look at the curves in the headboard. But they really made it more relaxed by using different bedside tables. They're all traditional elements. But again, it feels a little more comfortable, less formal, because it isn't so matchy-matchy. And you can do that if you'd like. My goodness, we could turn this into a drinking game, I think. I said traditional and formal so many times. We would be drunk <laughs> if we were playing a game. But I think that's it. What do you think of traditional? Beautiful furniture, beautiful details. Is it your thing? So thank you for sticking with me on that. I'm sure there are some of you out there that knew all of that already, but it's my hope to inspire you. 
Listen, I've talked to some of my friends about design over the years, and I know that some of you become paralyzed because you think that there's a right and a wrong way to decorate, and you literally end up just ignoring your interiors even though you want something more. So if nothing else, I hope that exploring ideas like this will help you get rid of those preconceived ideas that have been holding you back from decorating your space. Pick a general style that vibes with you in your home and then just get personal with it. When you're excited about a piece of furniture that you love or a piece of art that you love, it shows. So use that creativity and just have fun with it. All right, so Go build your boards, and please share them with me. Get on the Facebook group if you have questions, comments, if you want to post some of your favorite images, or hey, how about before and afters of your own home? Ooh, I like the sound of that. I'm really addicted to before and after shots. It really, it's it's a problem. (laughs) But go build your board. Have fun. Think of this as play. And oh wait, before you go build... Do you have time for some dirty laundry? There is dirty laundry under my roof, and I like to keep a tidy house. I'm going to tackle this dirty laundry before it piles up. Listener discretion is advised. Wait a minute. There must have been some kind of mix-up. When I said that I was looking forward to fall, I meant fall with a capital F. Fall, the season. Not fall as in falling, but boy did I stumble. If I had to rate myself as a mother, a wife, and a business person in this last month, I would be forced to give myself a big fat D. So here's how it all went down. We were coming off what I'd call a perfect summer, the quintessential summer. Riding in the heat with all the windows down in Xander's Dodge Challenger, through the canyons to the beaches, singing at the top of our lungs, competing with the wind and the engine. The boys were excellent DJs. We laughed so much, appreciated all of our surroundings, and talked of our plans along the way. I still managed to complete all my work like a champ, and I executed a lot of creative projects that I was really proud of. I was on fire. Instead of continuing on with my summer formula of productivity after the kids returned to school, I decided it would be a good idea to try and outperform my summer. Wait, what? Outperform the perfect summer? Talk about setting myself up for failure. It's family fun that fuels me. And I know this. I usually live this way, so I know how important play is for me. I need it. But I threw that all out the window. I gave up my autonomy to my emotions. I became a slave to an unrealistic to-do list. And I allowed stress to crush my creativity. I didn't realize it in the moment, but I let my emotions take over. And I can generally keep them in check, I think. I mean, maybe we should ask Xander about that one. But during this time, I was knee-deep in creating this podcast. It's been an emotional roller coaster. It's exciting to be talking about my favorite subject, the home. But it's also terrifying to be disclosing some of my biggest blunders in life thus far. It's by far, I think, one of the hardest things that I've had to do. 
I shared some early versions of this podcast with some friends and family, and the feedback that I received wasn't all positive. And that's okay. I needed that. But it really caused me to retreat inward. I started wondering, should I be doing this? Should I be sharing this information? Will it hurt my business? Is it just narcissistic? Will it resonate with anyone? And I kept a lot of these feelings bottled up. I completely blew my timeline to get the first handful of episodes completed, and it derailed everything else that I wanted to accomplish at the time. And that's not going to get me to my new goal of pushing past my perfect summer, now is it? So I have to work harder, work more. I have to work, 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 work. Sorry about that. Apparently I'm feeling really brave right now, but I just couldn't help it. So anyway, all the work really just translated into me ignoring Xander and the boys and being really selfish and shitty. So just how selfish? Just how shitty, you ask? Well, I already gave myself a D, so you decide on this one. There was a period of about two to three weeks when I just let Xander be the parent. I swear I literally checked out. So, we were having some issues with Van, some control issues. This boy at four wants to be in charge of his life, our life, his brother's life, everybody's life. He wants control. And we were having some of these same issues over the summer, and we were really at a loss. At one point, I had to bring out the law. I didn't know what else to do or say. Nothing was working. So I had to tell him, Van, it is the law that parents are in charge of their children until they are 18 years old. He looks at me for a minute, lets it sink in, punches me in the arm, runs to his room crying. And this boy was mad at me for about three days after learning this. So now that we're back at school, some of these control issues decide to show up at school. So Xander, being the good daddy that he is, I see him in talking to the boys, giving them some really good guidance and working through some of these issues. I'd leave the room before they got to the consequences for their actions. I looked for any excuse to exit. Ooh, gotta work so much to do on that to-do list. I'd sneak out the door. Good luck, Xander. I let this go on for a few weeks, and I found myself justifying it. I'd say, gosh, I worked all day. I still managed to cook the kids, you know, a healthy dinner and clean up and make sure I snuggled them before bed. Hey, that's all I can give right now. And, you know, it just didn't feel right. I felt like I was lying to myself, and I was right. There's also the other side to this, too. We have an arrangement in our house where Xander takes care of the kids. You know, he takes them to school. He takes them to sports when I can't. And, you know, I have to be there for work. I have to show up. So I get that, that we need to share our responsibilities. But it was clear to me by my feelings, (laughs) so many feelings this month, that this wasn't an area of parenting or life that I want to miss. And so I'm so glad that I figured it out sooner rather than later. I don't know, two weeks, maybe three, according to Xander. So I guess that isn't too bad in the grand scheme of things. I found out the hard way that a balanced life is a very delicate thing. Almost anything can push you off balance. I realized that I need to adopt more of a summer-like work schedule year-round. 
I'm always better when I play. I'm present for my boys and I'm more creative. I keep to a schedule better. I eat better. I work out more. I'm just way more productive of a person when I can incorporate play. There was one little ray of sunshine in what felt like a very dark month for me. My client found a home, and it was exactly what she needed. And I watched her excitement go from, I found it, will I get it? You know, to, I got it, we'll be closing soon, and I can't wait to move in. We spent a lot of time together because we were just having so much fun. And we didn't know each other that well when we first sat down for coffee to discuss her handwritten wish list. It was awesome. I loved her list. But now we are friends for life, and she is a really special person. I also started sprucing up our living room. I had to pull myself out of this funk. And for me, decorating is the answer. Oh, it felt so good. And I just decided I am going to stop hiding our ugly carpet, and I'm going to throw a dinner party. So this was really uh, motivating. I found a $50 little credenza, or it's actually a dresser. We'll call it credenza to be fancy. I found it on Craigslist. Uh, Xander was really skeptical, schlepping it home. It was heavy, and he's thinking, this is a piece of crap. What are you doing with this? And I was a little panicked at first. I sent the boys to bed, and I worked on that thing all night. And in the morning, they said, oh my gosh, this is it. We look like we're adults now instead of college students because we did have an open shelf Ikea cabinet filled with all the kids' DVDs that were just out in the open. Clutter makes me crazy, and that was the ugliest, cluttery thing possible. That Ikea piece of furniture in our last house was stored in the garage. It literally had oil for Xander's motorcycle on its shelves, and then there it was, the centerpiece of our living room. Ah, <sighs> feels so good to get that thing out of here. And the dinner party is on the books. It will be happening in six fun-filled days. I am thrilled. So I stumbled a little. Next time, I hope it doesn't take so long to get back in balance. I am chalking this up to learning. I am always learning some kind of life lesson. Some are easier than others. But the laundry is clean for now. <laughs> So next week on Under My Roof, we'll be cleaning out and organizing our messiest drawer. Yes, it's a baby step, but I also want you to think about what space you want to tackle next. I will leave you with this quote by an unknown author. Organize your life around your dreams and watch them come true. I'm Christina Rice. Until next time.